He is an author, journalist, blogger, nationally certified pharmacy technician, and an avid animal lover and rescuer. Firecrackers, please welcome Laura. Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. I really do have so many questions for you. Uh, let's start first with where are you located and tell me a little bit about yourself. I am from Asheville, North Carolina, and I was born and raised here, been here my whole life. I work as a nationally certified pharmacy technician here, and I've been doing that for about 15 to 16 years. I love animals and I love riding. And I love being at home. <laughs> I get that. I also love being at home. So oh my goodness. You, you are a foster parent of? Um, a little bit of everything. I do exotic animals, um, cats, dogs. Um, I have a small farm. Most of my um, foster children are what you call foster fills, which means I fell in love with them and ended up adopting them. But some of them were adopted by other great parents too. So, yeah. And where do you find like exotic pets? Do they get abandoned or like what? How does that? Yeah. So a lot of people will go off to exotic places or, you know, vacations or they'll get them at the pet stores because you can find them at pet stores now. Anything you want. And they don't realize how hard it is to take care of these animals. And it's not like a cat or dog. They have certain diets. They have to be in certain environments. And when they realize that they can't do this, they'll end up in a shelter or abandoned on the road. I have some horror stories that I could tell you, but <laughs> I think I'll leave those out. Oh, wow. Well, I, well. What, what type of animals are we talking about specifically? I'm, I'm curious. So exotic animals are basically anything, and don't quote me on this, that isn't a dog or a cat. So rabbits, guinea pigs, uh, hedgehogs, birds, parrots, um, turtles, um, hissing cockroaches. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I had a request to foster hissing cockroaches. <laughs> I, oh my God, I wouldn't, like, I don't, I can't with cockroaches. <laughs> did you foster hissing cockroaches? I did not. Um, I kind of wish to this day that I did, uh, but it was kind of a weird request. And I was like, I don't know how to take care of these things. <laughs> and they showed a photo and it, it was the size of my hand. And I was like, oh, oh I don't my. know if I can do that. <laughs> And where do these come from? Um, I don't know where he got them. I think he got them offline or online somewhere. And uh, they apparently live a very long time. And he just couldn't take care of them anymore and wanted to give them to the shelter. And the shelter was like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> wow. Well, because I had heard in the, I think it's in Florida, they have a really big problem with like snakes, I think it is. I think they have a problem with everything. 
and what I mean by that is um, I've heard that they just release pets, you know, because it's such a great, it's warm and, you know, everything can survive down there. So you have an abundance of everything. You'll see, I've had a friend of mine tell me that she's seen exotic birds in the trees, lizards, iguanas, they're pets, but people have just let them go and they thrive really well. But you know, that's, that's not a thing to do. You get overrun. (laughs) Exactly. But that's what I heard about the one specific type of snakes. I'm not sure if it was pythons or boas. People are letting them loose in Florida and they're actually not like thriving. They're like beginning, they're really a big problem because there's a lot more of them that the actual ecosystem can. Yeah, they're taking over. I actually heard that too. I can't remember what type of snake, but um, they're multiplying. (laughs) Wow. And you also have dogs and cats. Yes. So I have two dogs, um, Belle and Sebastian. They are American Cocker Spaniel and German Shepherd mix, uh, brother and sister. They're about four years old. And then I have a cat named Calico and a mouse named Corduroy, a hamster named August, and a rabbit named Strawberry. (laughs) Oh, those are really cute names. So that's really interesting. Well, if I if I were to have, you know, just children, that would be all be pets too. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I prefer it that way. <laughs> yes. So you're also a writer. You've written I am. thrillers. Yes. So my first work was a paranormal thriller, and that was uh entitled Her Keepers. That was published in 2012. And then my second was a romance thriller um, in 2016, and that one's called Fallow. And did you self-publish or was this uh, through an agent or? Uh, Yeah, it was self-published. And I also work with my mother's works. A little bit of background on that. My mom was a, a children's author but she was never able to get anything published. And that was like her dream. She wanted to just be a writer and publish children's illustrations and everything else. And um, when I was really little, I remember watching her get things in the mail and it would be like rejection letters. And I didn't understand it then, but I do now how she must have felt. So in 2008 for her birthday, My sister and my brother-in-law and my husband and myself got a self-publishing package for her as a surprise, and we published the first story she had ever written called Mr. Book's Story, and that's a story about the letters of the alphabet learning to work together to make words and teaches uh, children to work together and the uh, value of self-worth, and um, she got it early. It was live about two months before her birthday. (laughs) So um, we took the congratulations author letter to her and gave her the book. And she cried for about a week after that. And um, she was, she was sick by that time. Um, So she was only able to do about uh, two signings, but they were really good. And then she passed away in 2010. But she was uh, the reason I started uh, writing. So in 2017, I published another self-published book called A Collection of Love. And it had uh, three other works from my mother, Judy Camby, that 
uh, she had written when I was little, and they're all about her children. That's a really cool gift. Well, I'm, you know, I'm really, it kind of like warms my heart up, you know, because I mean, that's just really something really nice and selfless to do for somebody that you love, isn't it? Yeah, I would do it over again a thousand times if I could. So yeah, that was uh, something she really wanted and I was glad we were able to give it to her. So your mom must have loved children. You know, she wrote for them. She wrote books for, for kids. Um, what, did she, what did she say to you when you told her you didn't want to have any? She was cool with it. She, really? she didn't care. She wanted me happy. Um, my dad was the same way. If you don't want them, fine. You don't have to have them. And I'm glad that they realized, you know, that that was something that was very important to me. I, you know, and I made my decision, I think, early in life when I was like a teenager. <laughs> I just decided that wasn't for me. <laughs> Do you remember if something happened or, or, you know, do you remember if there was a specific situation that you were like, ah, oh, maybe I'm not going to have, you know, children? Um, in my teens, no, I just, the thought of giving birth, ugh, that, that terrified me. But um, as my parents got older, they were both really sick and I took care of them, um, you know, and my brother and my sister helped and my husband, but it was then that I really decided, you know, I, I don't want children. I've, I don't want to have to take care of anything or anyone else, you know, and that may sound selfish, but I think it's better to be honest, you know, than to just have children and not want them. You know, there's a lot of kids out there that are looking for homes, you know, so yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. And, um, you know, I've heard several people who are parents say to me that if they would have a do-over, they wouldn't have any children, or maybe they have more than one. And if they could do it all over again, they would only have one or, you know, yeah. um, and they, they still, I mean, they still do care about their children, but mm -hmm. when you're a parent, you can't, it's, there's no backseas. You can't just like you know, take the kid back like you do with something in the, that you buy in the store and you don't like because it doesn't fit or whatever. Like that's a, a lifelong commitment. Yeah. It's not a rescue. You can't just drop them off at the shelter and wish them the best, you know. Um, and I think kids are cool. I mean, but just not for me. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. But do you have nephews? I have nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews. And Wow. Um, Yes. Great nieces and nephews already yes. because you're young. <laughs> well, I was actually um, an accident. Oh, and so okay. <laughs> <laughs> my brothers and sisters are a lot older than I am. So they had children and then their children started having children. And but, you know, I know I was loved and they told me it was a good accident. So, <laughs> yeah, it's funny when I mean, I've met several people um, who are Quote, like, quote, accident, unquote. I mean, yes, I mean, something failed in terms of uh, birth control or your parents weren't even planning you. Mm -hmm. um, and they usually there is a very big gap of, you know, age between them and their, you know, following brother or sister. How was that? How was it growing with having, you know, a lot older siblings? It was okay. Um, you know, we didn't, we still saw each other every day and, um, we did family things together and 
it was just I had a big brother and big sister and they picked on me like any other big brother and sister would do. And <laughs> I'm sure I was a little brat. So yeah, it wasn't, I don't think it was very different from anybody else's childhood. <laughs> Hi, usually, you know, I, I, I'm curious because when there's this, like a big gap, you know, how, you know, kids leave home at, when they're 18 or whatever. And if you're still like a young child, it's like you're an only child in a, you know, quote unquote, only yeah. child, not really, but so, I mean, is that, I've always been curious because I've, I've always, I only have a sister, like she's younger than me. We only, there's only three years of gap between us. So we're pretty much, um, you know, contemporary, but I always wished I had an older brother, you know, I don't know why that was like, I wished I had an older brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, go read a few of my blog pieces about my brother and you will not wish that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, he liked to scare me <laughs> and he did it very well. <laughs> um, he um, got me on a ride at the fair and I just thought I was going to die by the end of it. It was terrifying. And um, there's other things that he's done to me. But I mean, you know, he was the big brother protector if anyone messed with me. But uh, yeah, he liked to scare me. <laughs> I like to scare my little sister too. I remember that. But she also picked on me. It was, you know, just, I think having siblings is, it's a blessing and a curse. Oh, it's not really a curse. Uh, when you're a kid, it's like, sometimes you're like, I wish I didn't have any brothers or sisters or whatever, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was a child of wishing my sister would just like disappear. But now <laughs> I can't, I cannot picture my life without her. Yeah. 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 It's a whole different thing. My sister was more of a, she would stand up for me type deal. She was busy, you know, with her own life. But if I needed her, she was there. And uh, my brother was the same way, but he would like to do things like uh, ruin my first slumber party <laughs> and all that stuff. Scared the crap out of us, but yeah, uh, it's a story. <laughs> <laughs> That's what kind of things that big brothers do, I guess. Yeah. I think I like the protector part just by itself. Like that's the whole thing that I wanted because I, I was bullied at school when I was a kid. Did you go through that too? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. What, uh, what was it? I mean, in your case. Um, so I was actually bullied from like, I would say fourth grade up. Mm -hmm. And I think what started it, and I really don't, think this was the main reason I think kids just pick things to bully you about. Um, but my parents were smokers. And so I would go to school smelling like smoke most days. And that's what started it. Get away from me. You smell like smoke. You stink. Um, and I remember in fourth grade, I did not want to go to lunch the entire year because that's when it would happen. Like the whole table would gang up on me and, you know, it was just terrible. Um, but you learn to move on and there's nothing you can do about it, you know. And into high school, I don't think I was bullied too much in high school, but at that point, the bullying had done its, its thing and I'm a uh, introvert, <laughs> uh, extreme introvert. <laughs> so... Um, I don't really hang out with people. I do have, you know, some 
really good friends and they're the same as me. They, they don't go out either. <laughs> and before we go into the topics of your friends, because I'm curious, um, did you, because I mean, with the bullying, I think most people out there have been bullied at some point during their mm-hmm. life because kids are cruel. Um, I'm just glad that when I was a child, there was internet didn't exist, you know, yet. And there was no social media because, you know, the cyberbullying is just, and it happens, it still happens to adults nowadays, but, you know, children, you're still trying to get an idea of what life is and what it means to you and what it is that you want to do with it. So so I think the impact is a lot stronger on children, Mm -hmm. but, um, what I'm trying to say is it's always about finding the silver lining on everything that happens, you know, like you know that saying, what doesn't kill you makes you, makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am an introvert myself, um, <laughs> but I've learned how to talk to people. Like I'm trying to learn how to connect. No, not really learn to exercise it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's worked really well for me. So I guess I think that what I can say about those years on my, in my experience was I learned how to like have a thick skin, I guess, not really Mm -hmm. care too much about what people think about me nowadays. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah. um, I've learned to just be yourself. You're not going to please everyone. And those that you can't please, you know, don't hang around them. That is the simplest way to put something that is really <laughs> important into words. Like, honestly, you have, to, oh my God. Yes. That's awesome. You're listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. Let's talk about your friends now. Are they also child-free? Um, so I have a mix. Um, my middle school and high school friends, uh, they all have children and, um, you know, they would ask me, when are you going to have children? And I'd be like, I'm not. And they were cool with it. They didn't, I don't think they believed me. I think they thought I would change my mind later, but they're still cool with it. And we still hang out. And, you know, we go, I go to birthday parties. I mean, it's, it's cool. And then um, when I got out of high school, I made friends in college and through work and also through rescues that I, you know, I adore my friends from middle school and high school. And I also adore these people and they're all child free. They just decided that they didn't want to do that. And they didn't. So who are the ones who are child free, the the ones from the rescue? So I do have a friend that I made through the rescue um, and her name is Anna and um, we are rabbit people. (laughs) So we'll, uh, we'll get together and brainstorm about how to save rabbits or bring awareness or have a rabbit party. And that is a thing. (laughs) A rabbit party, like a yeah. birthday for a rabbit? Like, how does that? It's it's like a, a meet and greet. So if you can bond rabbits, it's not um, recommended that you just throw two rabbits in together because they'll fight and kill each other. But if you're looking for a rabbit, you can bring your rabbit to this, like, meet and greet. 
and they can hop around in neutral territory and you can see if there's like a vibe going and if you want to try to bond them. Um, and then there's also, uh, she does meetings here in Asheville to help raise awareness for rabbit parents. The parents can come and talk about things, illnesses, how to take care of rabbits. Just there's a million things about rabbits that I could wow. go on about. But, I didn't know yeah. there was so, I had, a, I had a rabbit when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. That's a really horrible story. So what happened was I had a, like I bought a rabbit in a fair. It was one of those town fairs. Mm-hmm. And my, my parents got me and my sister a rabbit and they asked the person who was selling them to make sure that they were both the same sex. And they weren't. So... <laughs> They started reproducing as they do. And, uh, you know, at some point we had not two, but like 20 rabbits. And, but I still had like my original rabbit. Um, I, of course, it was like, I don't remember if it was the mom or the dad, but it was, you know, the original one. I love that rabbit. And one day we were at my, it was, we had like a country house, sort of like a farm. And my grandmother, like we sat down and we had paella that day. And I ate my paella and then I went looking for my rabbit and my rabbit wasn't there. And I was like, mom, where's my rabbit? And she was like, uh, basically they actually killed it and put it in the paella that I had just eaten. Oh my God. And when I asked Mm. them what it is that I was eating, they were like, that's chicken. It wasn't, it was Mm. my rabbit. And I, to this day, I cannot eat Mm. rabbit because of that. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about traumatizing a kid. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's traumatizing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, and I know that people raise rabbits for meat. We try to raise awareness, you know, that the rabbits don't just sit in a cage all day and look pretty. That's not what they do. Um, They're actually really smart. You can train them like a dog. They really? use the, yeah. I didn't know uh, that. Mine uh, will use the litter pan. He's house trained. He's free roam. And, you know, he does tricks. So he'll jump through hula hoops. Wow. He, yeah. So they're really smart. But the thing I think is they, um, people buy them as like Easter gifts, thinking they're going to live like two to three years, but they actually live about 13. Like a dog. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... So you have this uh, group with, you know, that raises awareness in rabbits. I find that very interesting because I've heard, Um, I mean, you hear about dogs and cats and there's a, in Latin America and like just to not, like where I live specifically in Colombia, mm -hmm. there's just a lot of strays on the street. Like whenever I have a dog and whenever I walk him, we cross at least two stray dogs and at least three stray cats, like in just two blocks. You know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's and it's like that all over the city, and it's really hard to manage that. So I wish there was more that we could do. What do you think? Is there more we can do? As far as rabbits go, I am an educator in training for the House Rabbit Society, which is based in Richmond, California, and um, their goal is basically to raise awareness on you know why we have so many rabbits because. Rabbits are, I believe, the third most surrendered animal besides cats and dogs because people get these rabbits for Easter, like I said, and think that they're only going to live two years and their lifespan is actually 13, maybe a little less depending on their health. Um, 
and their diet is different and they just try to let people know how the the rabbits work and you know like get them spayed and neutered because one rabbit can have 20 babies ask me how i know <laughs> as we as we know yes <laughs> <laughs> so Actually, with the rescue that I work with, there was a hoarding situation with rabbits around the area, and she had 50 rabbits, and she was trying to save them. Um, She had them in a barn, I think, but they weren't fixed. And so by the time the rescue got involved, we had over 300 rabbits. Wow. Yeah. So I think spay and neuter is key. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't want to do that, but like with cats and dogs, if you spay and neuter, that actually prevents some types of cancers. You know, you're helping them in the long run and they're, they're less territorial. They won't fight for the most part. That's not like a hundred percent guarantee, but you know, yeah, spay and neuter for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, Laura, it's been a pleasure having you here today. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. But before I let you go, is there anything else you would like to add to this interview to to tell my audience? Thank you very much for having me. It was great. I loved talking with you. Um, And if you guys have any questions about myself or writing or anything else that I do, you can go to my website and that's lauracanbymccaskill.com. I also have a blog there that you can check out. And uh, read about the things my brother has done to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll leave you guys Laura's uh, link in the description so you can click it and go to her website and check out her blog um, and talk and ask her about rabbits too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So um, thanks again for being here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the Cape Fear community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.